You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. What's up, everybody? It's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. You guys, we are in our final episode of the Shameless Sex Series, and I pray and I hope that this series has really, really blessed and encouraged you. I also hope that it's challenged you. I hope that it's challenged some of your beliefs. I hope that it's challenged maybe even some of your behaviors as you've been operating in your own sexuality and your marriage. Now, today, you guys, we have a new guest with us, a new friend of mine. His name is Sean Bonito. And Sean and his wife, Helena, are certified professional mentors. They actually have a website called Secret Habit. And so what they focus on is erectile dysfunction, overcoming pornography in marriage, and they even talk about masturbation. And so I actually met Sean through Cynthia Sam, who, if you remember, Cynthia was our guest on episode 70. We were talking about, can porn improve your sex life? And I know that there are many different opinions on this, right? There are people, even Christian couples, who feel like a little bit of porn is okay, right? And I'm not going to get into all the things that we talked about in that episode. If you haven't listened to it, right after you finish listening to this episode, go back and listen to episode 70. It is going to be a revelatory episode, a really, um, really, really great conversation that Cynthia and I had. And so Cynthia and Sean are actually good friends. And so I wanted Sean, Sean Bonito, not my husband, Sean, but Sean Bonito, I wanted him to be able to come on today. And you guys, we just had such a powerful, powerful conversation. Many times there are these secret issues in our sex lives that we never talk about. We don't talk about them in the church. We don't talk about them in our marriage. We don't even talk about them sometimes with our friends. And this whole issue of erectile dysfunction is one of those issues. It's one of those topics of conversation that are kind of always off limits. And so I wanted to bring it to the light because that's what I like to do. I love to talk about things that no one else is talking about for the purpose of transformation and healing. And so today, you guys, I want you to really focus in on this conversation. You might even want to grab a notepad and take some notes. Of course, I will link to Sean and and everything that he does with his coaching. I'll link to that in the show notes of this podcast. But some of the things that he's going to share, some of the stats that he's going to throw out, you're going to want to take notes. Hey, if you're a pastor or if you're a leader or if you're anyone who has influence with people, you are going to want to really pay attention so that you can be able to offer help to not only those who are struggling, but even if you yourself are struggling, you do not have to struggle in secret any longer. And so sit back, pay attention, let the Lord really speak to you through this episode today. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Let's go ahead and jump in. All right, you guys. Well, I am so excited today to be sitting here with a new friend we literally just met. Um, His name is Sean Bonito, and Sean and his wife, Helena, actually help couples who have experienced trauma in their marriage, especially in the area of their sexuality. And so we're going to be talking today about a conversation that I think Um, A lot of people don't really talk about, especially in the church, and that's going to be centered around erectile dysfunction. And so, Sean, thank you so much for being here today on the podcast. I'm really, really excited to be able to have this conversation with you. 
Yeah, it's great to be here. I was excited to hear a little bit about what you're doing through your website and your podcast as I was learning about your work, which I think is fantastic. It seems like you have a great audience who wants to hear about topics that need to be talked about. Yes, absolutely. And this is definitely one of those topics that needs to be talked about. So we're talking today about erectile dysfunction. And that I think has been such like a hush hush um, conversation. I've never heard a conversation about erectile dysfunction in church ever. I haven't really even heard about it in Christian spaces. Mm. So can you maybe start off by telling us how did you get into this work? Why are you passionate about helping couples who have dealt with this issue? Yeah, such a good question. And the answer is in your question that no one's talking about it, which basically meant it was so hard for me to find healing in it. So long story short, just to give you the answer early on is like, I quit porn and still struggled with erectile dysfunction. And one of the things that often happens is the brain recalibrates, you somewhat, you know, renew the mind after quitting porn. Uh, and then erectile dysfunction can actually turn into more psychological, which is also known as impotence, which is like negative core beliefs and the thoughts you have and the anxieties you have. And that's where I found myself. And I just didn't know anyone talking about the deeper healing that is required to be sexually integrous. So my story and desire to share about this topic is exactly what you said, Dana, that no one's talking about it. It's hush, hush. It's silent. Like one in three men under the age of 40 struggle with erectile dysfunction. That is a terrifying stat to think that that's not just Christians, that's the world, that's statistics that are out there. And that's basically saying that one in three marriages are sexually struggling because the man feels like a failure and the woman feels like she's probably the problem, like she's not good looking enough or whatever. And that's the scary thing is this problem affects marriages so tremendously that it it can actually lead to divorce. Mm -hmm. We had an episode not too long ago about porn, quitting porn in marriage, and you just, you know, kind of uh, opened the vault a little bit and talks about, you know, when you quit porn. So is it your um, understanding or your philosophy that pornography leads to erectile dysfunction? Yeah, so there's porn-induced erectile dysfunction, which is very much based around the chemical makeup and the rewiring of the brain towards pornography. But then there's also psychological erectile dysfunction, which is actually more based around anxiety and core beliefs and whatnot. So even when somebody has that healing from porn, the chemical makeup of their brain and the rewiring happens, there's still, for me, I felt tons of performance anxiety and pressures. And that was based around how I grew up. You know, I felt like I had to perform to be loved. And if I didn't succeed in sports, no one liked me. And I brought that into my marriage and our sex life. Mm. So you didn't mention that there's also a medically induced type of ED, right? I think that's where most of us think it's a medical problem. We see commercials on TV. It's like, take the little blue pill and your life will be great. So do you know how, how often are people actually dealing with like an actual medical problem in this area? Yeah, I don't have statistics on that, but I have two stories. The first one is I have a client who's 70 He had uh, double heart bypass surgery 10 years ago. And between him having that surgery and meeting me, he could not get erections without pills. And then after hearing a podcast by me and working with me for like three sessions, he was able to actually have 
healthy, organic, natural sex with his wife again. 70-year-old man who had been taking pills for 10 years. So that's that. And then the second thing is that we often give a lot of power to medical diagnoses. So I kind of just use this story because I think it's funny and it's true because like I love hockey. So a hockey player can get hit in the face with a hockey puck go to the dressing room for 20 minutes, get 50 stitches and come back out and play hockey like nothing happened. I can get a a flu and be a whining baby and be in bed for 10 days. And it's really how we look at things. I think sometimes we give a lot of power to diagnoses. So someone could say, hey, your prostate is causing this and you aren't going to be able to get erections as normal. And we can give that 100% power or we can give it 10% power. And I've actually seen that the power of the mind is incredible. And that's a big reason why I think it's rooted in our thought life, our core beliefs, and even just the identity that God's a healer, God's power. Like He does things that blow our minds. And I don't think we give him enough credit a lot of the times. No, I so agree. You know, I'm a podcast host by day and a pastor all the other hours of my life. And that is something that we see a lot in church, you know, with even mental health uh, issues or um, so many, even physical sicknesses. A lot of times, like the Bible even says, you know, like if you hold unforgiveness in your heart, like there's certain uh, physical conditions that will happen because of things that we are dealing with psychologically. So let's talk about that a little bit more, Sean. If someone is dealing with erectile dysfunction, how how has their past maybe contributed to that or psychologically, what are some of the thoughts that are contributing to them dealing with erectile dysfunction? Yeah, absolutely. So just before I get into that, I, I created a mini course that's going into something I call the sexual template, which is basically unpacking six of the biggest areas that need attention in a marriage or a, a sexual relationship um, in terms of setting goals together and what's in the way and expectations and what do you actually like, want, need and all these conversations, which I definitely want to have time to get into today. But there's definitely some great resources that I have to offer um, that help people get into those areas on their own or as a couple, or if they want coaching, that's cool. But the past doesn't define us, but it sure does affect us. And what I see with most people, and I kind of alluded to it before, is we often come from households that are often either rigid in the way that there's systems and structure. And if you don't do something, you're either good or bad. And then we come from households that are often very disengaged and you only get noticed if you do something good or bad. And it's very challenging to find uh, a sense of being delighted in or loved in those systems. And most families are one or those other because we're broken people. And We come from those broken systems as well. So we often grow up with these ideas that I have to perform to earn love. My parents' divorce was my fault because I didn't do something. My my mom made me the man of the house, so I have to always be strong. I can't share emotions because that's weak. And we grow up with these core beliefs as men that we have to be somebody else. We see in pornography that are jacked and ripped and their penis is X size. And if we're not like that, then we're a failure and women could never love us. And I can't do that to my wife. So she must not like me. And we just get so consumed by these really negative core beliefs, lies, thoughts, and we get bombarded to the point where most men struggle to feel confident that they even will get erect. Mm -hmm. That's deep. That is, that is some deep stuff. You know, you alluded again to the whole, you know, men watching porn and seeing something in porn that they're constantly comparing themselves to. What other ways does porn contribute to erectile dysfunction? Yeah, so good. Yeah. So obviously just from the programming we have from it, but even deeper, there's 
there's dopamine. That's a lot of people know about dopamine. You know, we have people that have dopamine addictions and that's why they get into porn or video games or gambling, et cetera. But what's fascinating with dopamine is that when you get these surges that are too big for your brain sensors to handle, the sensory shrink and the amount of dopamine you start receiving shrinks and we need dopamine to get an erection. And when your sensors shrink and the only thing that fires them up is a unrealistic dose of dopamine, your wife, unfortunately, isn't going to be able to give you that surge of dopamine because real things don't offer that surge of dopamine. So that's starters. Number one, second thing is something called uh, sensitization and desensitization. So when we get um, this, it's, it's almost as if our penis becomes so sensitized um, due, due to the chemical makeup. It's like, we, we, we struggle with like premature ejaculation and a lot of men are embarrassed about that. So they're already thinking ahead that I'm not even going to be able to last more than 30 seconds and they get fearful. They feel less than they feel like a failure. And that plays into it as well. So sensitization is where we basically, you know, someone, someone could literally just touch their penis and ejaculate. And then the second thing would be desensitization where that's called delayed ejaculation, where, they might be able to stay erect for a long time, but they never actually orgasm and sex kind of becomes another form of, they feel embarrassed about it. They don't feel like they can pleasure their wife or themselves. So again, it does tie into the thoughts that are revolved around those things. But even more than that, there's a lot of stuff going on in the actual neuro system that cause those problems. Yeah. And that's, again, just another reason that porn is so, so destructive. You know, I, I remember we were uh, my husband and I used to lead a small marriage group for several years. And there was a couple who were kind of making their case for why porn is actually helpful in their marriage. And back then, I didn't know so many of the things that I that I know now as far as how porn actually um, affects marriages in such a way. And I think for those who are listening, we do a lot of talking here on the podcast about sexless marriages. And oftentimes women who are over 40 are the ones that are like, I'm ready to go. It's my husband who's not interested anymore. It's my husband who only wants to have sex once a month. And I just wonder if this is the cause, if maybe there's a lot of shame and embarrassment around the fact that he can't get erect or stay erect. Or maybe he does have the premature ejaculation. And so he doesn't even want to engage because that's a that's a shameful thing, especially in our society where men are supposed to be these like piranhas. And, you know, they're supposed to be on go all the time and ready to to last for 20, 30 minutes a a session. Yes. Yes. Dana, so good. You're connecting these dots. I can just see you're you're passionate about it. We need we need more people like you. So thank you for that. That's amazing that you're learning and hosting people that help you learn. It's just amazing to have more podcasters like that. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for for the fact that you all are using your own stories, you know, being addicted to porn. And I'm not sure where you were Christian already when you were addicted to porn. No. So I saw porn at 10, pretty well got addicted by 13. And I found the Lord when I was 22. So there's quite a long gap in between there. And there's that facade, right? Once I get baptized and give my life to Jesus, then for sure, all that stuff will be gone. And it didn't happen that way. So my story is is quite deep in that area of what does it actually mean to to live for Christ, right? So many times addicts want to follow Jesus, but they actually ask Jesus to follow them 
And they, they actually begin to manipulate Jesus as they manipulate other people. And that's such an addict thing to do. Um, and that's what I did for so many years. I would lie to my wife. I would tell God, I, I don't want this anymore. But then I, I would be lying. And I, there's a whole story in that. And I actually just today uh, released a podcast episode with my story. So probably don't have time for all of that on this with my porn addiction story and erectile dysfunction. But I definitely have a long history of, of sexual dysfunction in my short lifespan. So I'm always happy to share and relate to everybody yeah because god wants to use that he does and that's kind of where i was going earlier you know first of all we'll be sure to link to your podcast episode so that people can go and listen to that but i started to say and and that kind of stringy question that i started is that people like you who are not ashamed to tell their story because there's so many people i mean if you said one in three men under the age of 40 are dealing with erectile dysfunction that's a lot of men and that's a lot of people not talking and so I'm just grateful for those uh, people like yourself who, who are saying, you know what, I went through this, I dealt with it, and now I'm going to use my struggle to help set other people free. So yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the work that your wife, Helena, does as well for women. My podcast is largely listened to by women. And like I just mentioned, there are women who are um, maybe they're not struggling with porn or they themselves obviously are not struggling with erectile dysfunction, but they're being affected by it. So if there is a wife who her husband maybe has never shared with her, maybe she doesn't even know her husband's doing or has done porn, or maybe he's more of the psychologically um, induced erectile dysfunction. How can a wife be of support to her husband if he hasn't mentioned this issue to her? Yeah, great question. Helena is an amazing resource for these areas. And and when porn's involved, it can be really hard because pornography creates betrayal trauma for the, for the wife, which leads to PTSD-like symptoms. Mm-hmm. Helena's actually just about to release a, a self-guided program on betrayal trauma, which we're really excited about. There's not really anything else like that. Um, so we're just stoked to see how that can bless women who often get so left out. We see a lot of men. There's so many resources for men and a lot of the dollars in a family go towards the man's counseling. And then there's not nothing left for the wife. And we just so long for marriages to be restored. So that is one thing that if there's porn involved, a wife needs to heal herself. And a lot of times the women get caught up trying to help their husband, which is not possible. And it ends up hindering his healing. So that's a big topic in of itself. But that's one thing we always recommend and and encourage the wife is to actually realize that she has to heal regardless of her husband, which is a hard thing to digest because she didn't choose to be hurt by that. She didn't expect that. And it's totally blindsided. So I always share, like when I was quitting porn, I was like gung ho, excited, like Helena, look at me. And she's on the other side. Like, what did you put me through? Like now I have to heal because of you. It's just, it's unfair and it's really sad. So when porn's in the mix, it's not just a blanket statement. Here's what you do. It's very hard. It's very situational. And and that's why we're so passionate about the journey of healing being individual for people. And we talk about couples doing what is called a full disclosure together, which is actually the addict uh, learning about his life story of trauma and abuse and sexual addiction so that he can present that to his wife as this is everything that has happened and is happening. And now 
we can actually restart with honesty being on the table. And that's really only the only way a marriage can develop is when there is no more secrets. So that's kind of the one caveat I would say in terms of when porn's involved. But when it's psychological, there's a beautiful opportunity for a wife to be in the mix and the healing of the man, which I love so much. And that's really why I created the sexual template. And I'll just share this from my own story. When I was going through erectile dysfunction, Helena didn't know what was going on deep down because most men are very quick to shut down when these things happen. When men feel like failures, they shut down, they withdraw, and they isolate. And I've heard it said this way. Men are like a four-pack of crayons. They, they only know four emotions. It's angry, sad, happy, glad, whatever you want to call it. Women are like a 64-pack. They got all the colors, all the emotions. So when you ask a man when he's shut down and withdrawn, how are you feeling right now? you're not going to get anything out of him. It's going to be a stone wall. So for a wife to be able to help, I think the sexual template course is going to be so beautiful. It basically walks through like having sit down conversations, letting defensiveness and justifications go out the door and actually having conversations about what's in the way of us feeling connected and honest with each other. What are the expectations that are in the way? What are the thoughts you have when this happens? What is going on behind the scenes that I don't know about? And when we have those conversations in a protected, safe place, it allows for us to be fully known so we can be fully loved. And that's where healing happens. We're a big believer in that fully known to be fully loved. And there's this one quote that we love. It says, where secrets are present intimacy is absent. Mm. So the whole goal of the sexual template, which rescued Helen and I, this is why I'm so passionate about it. It was about getting rid of secrets, being fully known. And the last step of the sexual template is how can you extend grace? So Helena, you now know that when this happens, this is my thought. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to be great. I just need you to extend me grace. And when this happens, I would love for you to be able to do this for me, with me, to help me. And it brings everything onto the table and you create the sexual template basically saying nothing else matters other than us and God. I don't care what culture is doing. I don't care what Instagram is doing. I don't care what that Christian book told us to be doing. As long as it honors the Lord and it works for us, that is our sexual template. And that's how we thrive. That is great. You know, when you're talking about men being that vulnerable, one of our kind of staple scriptures is out of Genesis where they were naked and unashamed. And this is the whole, again, reason that we did the shameless sex podcast is because we want couples to be fully known and we want them to also know fully their spouse. And this is when you look at these issues that we face in life, whether it's someone dealing with erectile dysfunction, whether it's someone dealing with um, anger or whatever it is, whatever the issue is, how when we are willing to really open up our lives to each other and create that real intimacy, we can create something more beautiful than we ever experienced before. So that's yeah, that's amen. really great. That's such a powerful answer to that. So let me just kind of segue a little bit, Sean, because I want to talk a little about um, masturbation in marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so many. I love that. You know, your your whole thing is about you know the secret C of these things, right? Secret habit and masturbation is a, is another one of those secret habits. I often get asked by Christian single females is masturbation okay? They're trying to please the Lord, right? They, they don't want to go out here and have sex with somebody, but they're like, I have needs. And so is this wrong? What's your take on masturbation? If you are single, yeah. and then we'll talk about it if you're married. Yeah. For, for me, it's not 
too much different. There are different opinions. And the reality is, is no one knows 100%. The Bible is not completely clear. And God made these body parts to have incredible amounts of pleasure. But I also like the smell of gasoline, and it's not very good for me. So it's challenging, right? Um, so that's the challenge with questions like that. But secret habit, if you might not know this, Dana, and your audience might not know this, but um, we actually got invited to speak in Lebanon about secret habit. And we spoke to schools and leaders in Lebanon on porn addiction. And that's actually the term they use for masturbation. Wow. So it's quite fascinating. So this is fitting that you're asking. I I wouldn't call myself an expert in this area because there are so many different opinions, but my founded opinion on masturbation is that I call it self-love. And when we look at God, when we look at scripture, everything about sex is to be done in a unified unified marriage and relationship. So that's my opinion. I've heard people say that there are really, there are scenarios where it could be okay. And that would be where somebody's actually recovered from their addiction in a way that's, they've done the deep trauma work. They've worked through fantasies and arousal and all these things, which are things that I bring people through in my coaching. And let's say they're in the military and they haven't seen their wife for a year and they're on a video call with their wife. So I've heard different things. I I, I can't give like a, Hey, this is totally wrong, or this is totally right. But the deeper question that needs to be asked is what does it do for you? How do you feel after you do it? And are you able to tell people in a way that if you believe it's okay, are you shouting it from the rooftop because it's okay? Mm. So it's, it's these deeper questions that we need to ask because a lot of people behind the doors, they want to do these things. And then they want to ask like one person, Hey, is this okay? And they're not willing to share it out loud. Like it's something they do. They still keep it secret. And if there's anything we keep secret, it must not be okay. Great point. Great point. Do you believe that masturbation can lead to erectile dysfunction as well? I do. Yeah. I, I think we get very like the, the kind of the sensitization, like people that masturbate. My wife is a perfect example. She masturbated since she was five years old up until we got married. Actually hid it from me in marriage for about a year. And she couldn't orgasm in, in marriage in our marital sex for like two years. And it was because she got so used to her own masturbation, her own hand that I couldn't please her. That's something that, yeah, we're going to have to probably tease that out a little bit in another episode, because that's again, you know, I'm always interested in when couples will present a problem to me in coaching, you know, I'm listening to what they're saying, but I'm also listening to what they're not saying. I'm trying to find the roots of the problem. And I think that this is something that we really need to bring to the surface a little bit more because there are lots of couples, men and women who are masturbating in marriage. And you're right. The Bible isn't very clear on if that is right or wrong. You'll have those folks who will take a scripture and they'll kind of use it as a blanket for everything other than like missionary position, vaginal sex. Right. And that's not what we do here. You know, we're pretty much on the opposite side of that. Um, But I I love that, you know, it's okay to say we're, we're really not sure. But those three questions that you presented, how does it make you feel after, you know, are you able to scream it from the, the rooftops and what is the purpose of it? I think those are very, very powerful questions to ask. So yeah. thank you so much for bringing that out. So Sean, you're you welcome. 
goes. So you've mentioned the sexual template a few times, and I am going to link to that um, in the show notes of this podcast. So tell our audience a little bit about how they can find you. What is the best way for people to start the journey? Like, would you recommend that someone jump into coaching or would you recommend that they start with creating their own sexual template? Yeah, it's a great question. So I'm a huge advocate of sexual integrity and sexual integrity, in my opinion, is challenging to get to on your own. Like I know guys that, you know, they don't quit porn alone, but maybe they have a group or a community they're a part of, or, you know, they can walk through the sexual template and have some healing, but like sexual integrity is so much bigger than just quitting porn or overcoming something. So it's like, it's, it's, it's learning about your story so you can live in a, in, in a sense of freedom. I know guys that are, they've been sober for 20 years and they're still afraid to go to the beach. Like that is not freedom. I know guys that have been sober from this or that, you know, alcohol, the, the famous dry drunk idea, the moment a dry drunk has a sip of alcohol, he's back to being an alcoholic. Like that is not freedom. So I believe if people want deep freedom, deep healing, I think coaching is the best thing because we get to work one-on-one with your story. You have a unique story, God imprinted on your heart and mind and soul that matters. And we want to draw out what God's purpose is and all that. And Romans 12 is so clear that we don't understand most times. Stop conforming to the world, renew your mind towards Christ, then you will discern God's will. And it's like, Porn rewires the mind negatively, so you can't discern God's will when you're addicted to porn. It's fascinating how we have so many missionaries who are addicted to porn who think they know God's will for their life. I I just don't believe that they actually do, and that's why we have so many pastors who are burnt out. We have so many Christians who are frustrated. It's because they're missing the point of renewing the mind. They're just trying to do, do, do for God. So I'm passionate about that topic. So that's my (laughs) spiel on coaching because it's benefited my life so much. In terms of of somebody who wants to get their feet wet. Maybe they just want to give it a shot. Maybe they've done some healing already, or they know just that one area is what they're focusing on right now. The sexual template mini course is fantastic. It's like eight or nine videos. It's a couple hours of video with awesome high quality worksheets to guide your conversations as a couple so that you can be fully known and fully loved because it's not an easy task to just go out and try and do on your own. I had a coach who helped me through it. I had a mentor who helped me through it. And it was from hiring those two people that blessed Helen and I to create a sexual template. And that's really what's led to me being so passionate about it because it's firsthand experience from the both of us. And our last two years has been thriving because of that. And it's amazing that the word thriving doesn't mean that everything's perfect. It means that we know how to walk through the crap because now we're healthy. That's so good. Sean, this has been such a rich conversation. I know that there are going to be so many couples, marriages, individuals that are going to be set free just from what they heard on this conversation. So thank you so very much for being here today. It's an absolute pleasure. And it's a privilege to be used by God to share such a broken story and be able to bless other people. So it's always an honor. Wow. I tell you what, like I learned so much in that conversation. Did you guys remember when Sean said one in three men under the age of 40 struggle with erectile dysfunction? Like that is huge. Think about all the men that you know that are under 40 years old. One in three. That's a really, really big number. 
And so I want you to share this episode with these guys. If you're a wife and you're listening to this and maybe you're sitting back wondering, is my husband addicted to porn? Does my husband struggle with ED? Is that maybe why he's not as interested in me? Or is that maybe why we are having these issues in our sex life? It could very well be. And so maybe this is an episode that you want to listen to with your husband. So Sean, again, thank you so very much. Sean is actually Canadian. We were kind of chatting a little bit before we started recording about he is on like I'm calling it East Coast plus time, right? You never even know about it. Um, and so we are on East Coast time uh, in Virginia Beach and Sean actually is an hour ahead of us. And so just really cool to be able to make so many connections with people all over the world who are like-minded, who are just as passionate about helping couples to achieve real freedom and wholeness in their marriages and in their relationships. So again, thanks so much, Sean. Thank you so very much for being a part of this podcast. Thank you guys, those of you who are faithful listeners, those of you who share, those of you who send in questions and comments and even encouragement. That means so much to me as a podcast host. And I absolutely love, 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 love doing this podcast. It is my highlight of the week every single week. And so I pray that again, all of this information does not just go in one ear and out the other, but that you really take the time to sit with this newfound knowledge that you sit with this wisdom and that your marriages are transformed and that they are healed so that you can experience the wholeness and the freedom that God so desperately wants you to experience. So thanks so much for listening. Be sure to find the show notes of this podcast. You can go to realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 78. And all of the links to what Sean and his wife Helena do will be in the show notes of this podcast. Love you guys so much and I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.